When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball and went down and got points, we got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Then erroneous reports, people questioning my loyalty to him. That is absurd. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. What's happening, guys? Happy Thanksgiving. We'll just say that. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk the Mount Rushmore of Dynasty fantasy football. Probably going to be a little bit different than you think. And speaking of different than you think, my normal co-host, the man of the hour, the man with the power, Mr. Jerry Sinclair, is traveling back to to. I like to say Detroit, eight mile. It's not really, but he's going somewhere in Michigan, AKA the murder mitten. And uh, speaking of states with uh, famous for homicide, New Jersey, the garden state, a lot of mob problems taken care of uh, out there. Maybe this guy's mobbed up. Uh, he is the producer of the show. We affectionately call him producer Kevin. Kevin, thanks for hopping on the, uh, the microphone side of the glass tonight. Of course, man. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Happy to help out. Um, just excited to go, man. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. In my opinion, the best holiday out there. Uh, just like, let's just do it, man. I'm uh, <laughs> f- happy to fill in for Jerry. Ready to go. Let's talk some Mount Rushmore, man. This is going to be a great episode. 100% big shoes to fill. Uh, filling yeah, in for, for sure. my man, Jerry. But you know what? It's good. I mean, if you had to drive all the way through Iowa, through Illinois, clip Indiana, as you're going into Michigan, you know, you you deserve a break from the podcasting world, and it feels good to be streaming live on Player Profiler. Normally, you edit the show, upload the show on Thursdays, but since Thursday's a holiday, got with Theo. Theo was like, hey, man, roll live, do what you got to do to get the show out. So if you're on the way to grandma's house, your in-law's house, someone's house, hopefully we're keeping you entertained as you cruise by. And if you have a long drive, If you're on one of those longer drives, go into the Player Profiler podcast app, whatever you use, Spotify, Apple, whatever, and and listen to First Class Fantasy with Billy Muzio and Theo Grimminger. I was their guest this week. We covered a lot of stuff like in seasonal leagues, how can you cover for Mark Andrews? Who is my biggest disappointment on the season? Who was my biggest uh, surprise of the season? And just some extra content for you. And that's available over at the Player Profiler YouTube channel or wherever you get podcasts. Again, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, whatever. We are officially out there. So uh, don't really have a good people, bad tweets, but I wanted to get your opinion on a subject that came up recently. So did, did you see the comments from Justin Jefferson? You know, people are obviously hounding this guy. Hey, are you playing? Hey, are you playing? Hey, are you playing? You know, and he was like, my health is way more important than, you know, any fantasy seasons or anything like that. I, I, I don't have a problem with this. I'll be honest, but I'll start with, with you. What's, what, what was your thought with Justin Jefferson and his take there? I don't know if this is a hot take being in the fantasy community, but I, I'm not a guy like I realize that the NFL and them playing games is obviously way more important than it's annoying as a fantasy manager i totally understand that but i'm ne- i'm team you never yell at a player for messing stuff up everything is out of your control and we need to realize that we're just here to predict things best we possibly can 
Um, and truthfully, I think it makes the most sense for them to actually not play him yet, especially if he's not ready. Um, you know, they've been really on fire. They did just have a really pretty crushing loss. Uh, but they're pretty, in a pretty good spot. I think they're probably going to sneak into the wild card here. It is in their best interest long-term to not rush him back. So to me, I got no qualms at all with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I don't have a problem with any of these guys because last week, and I, and I told everybody on Twitter, it's like you keep that same energy because just a couple of you know weeks ago, maybe it was even last week, Mike McCarthy came out and said, you know, he wasn't concerned about fantasy football, and Arthur Smith said the exact same thing. I don't, I don't feel like these coaches, these players, I don't feel like they owe us an explanation as as, as fantasy gamers. It's like, we know who they are, we know what they do, and this is who they are. Plan around it. You know, and and, and really, I, I don't feel as bad for content creators, because those are the ones that I really think are the ones that are butthurt. Yeah. Because they, they, they did all these projections and predictions, and, and you know, they're not 100% right, so then we have to attack the players, we have to attack those that don't support the mission of burning Arthur Smith to the ground. I got news for you. You know, we're going to, we're going to play a Ric Flair drop later in the show. But as Mr. Flair once famously said, whether you like it or whether you don't learn to live with it. And that's what you have with Arthur Smith. I mean, the guy's got like, he's, he's right around 500 with the corpse of Matt Ryan, the corpse of Marcus Mariota and, and trying to get as much juice out as, as he can out of guys like, Desmond Ritter and, and Tyler Heineke. I hope they trade for a real quarterback in the offseason so maybe this thing can go. But but that that's my uh that's my take on this. And and I just wanted to get yours before we jump into some Mount Rushmore. My problem with Arthur Smith is he just doesn't give the ball to his good players. That's that's not really a fancy question, which I think JJ Zacharyson was kind of been arguing this entire time. Like I'm not like, you know, we don't we know they don't care about fancy. That's a totally part that doesn't matter to them. But I'm just more like Give your guys the, the ball. You you drafted all these guys with extremely high draft capital. Use them. Why is John Smith your number one guy? Sorry, I have a, a problem with Arthur Smith. I just had to get that off a little bit. I'll let you continue doing your thing. No, 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 no. But, but for me, it's like I'll I'll give you I'll give you B. John Robinson. Right. But if if you want him to force feed Kyle Pitts or force feed Drake London, then he has to turn Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke loose with the football. And if you haven't noticed, when they drop back to pass, there's this propensity to throw interceptions and lose fumbles. So when you have bad quarterback play, which is what he's always had, right. hand-me-downs, broken things, trying to piece it together, he's never really had a good quarterback in, in Atlanta. So I think there's going to be a ton of quarterback movement in the offseason. For sure. So, But maybe – Maybe you think Desmond Ritter can rebound somewhere else, and maybe you wanted to play him like a stock. You know where you could do that, Kevin? Tell me, Memphis. Oh, come on, man. You know it's Mojo Fantasy. I Let's absolutely look. know it's Mojo Fantasy. Mojo Fantasy is the best. It is. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is, once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD. Gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. Yeah, and uh, our buddy Dallas is going to be here 
in a little bit. He's going to have a rookie in his prospect premonition series. So maybe you get that name. You go to Mojo. You use that code Underworld. You see what I'm putting together for you. Nice little way for you to start building that that offseason portfolio because who's the most likely to go up? These unknown rookie players. Sometimes a bad player can get good, but we're going to talk about good players that have been good for a long time. So I was listening to a different podcast, nothing to do with, with fantasy football, but their premise was, who was the Mount Rushmore of? You know, and In this case, we're going to do dynasty fantasy football. Now, Kevin, how long have you been playing fantasy? I know you said since like second grade, but like when was that? And how long have you been playing dynasty? I've been fantasy, I want to say since like 2002, 2003-ish area. I won't say that like when I was a kid, I was playing super serious, but like one of my buddies and I, we love sports. We actually had a league with our parents and it was a six team league. It was a whole thing just so we could play fantasy sports. So basically that was what got me into it. I got a lot more serious as like seventh and eighth grade. And then high school, I took off with it college even more. Now, obviously I'm here. <laughs> so, um, my really, I gotta say pretty for a 30 year old, I'd like to think my range is pretty solid, pretty much anywhere in the two thousands, you know, Dynasty, though, I'd say more or less the last five to seven years. Uh, so mainly just more redraft. So that's 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 my history, at least for me. Yeah, I started playing. Actually, I was, honestly, I didn't start playing much before you. I started playing like right around 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got an obsessive compulsive personality anyway. So if I'm into something, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in. I mean, yeah. you're not going to be half in. And, and I've loved it ever since. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go over the guys that are, and, and again, this is Mount Rushmore. So this is what I need you to understand. It's not like, you know, President Obama was president, you know, in like the, the, the teens, the 2000 and teens. And like, he didn't get elected. What was that? Like 2012. Sure. And then again, in 16, you know, or, or whatever it was, they, they they didn't automatically break out the 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 jackhammers and construction equipment, and they didn't start carving his face on Mount Rushmore. That's not how it works. Maybe we look back. Maybe we look back in you know twenty years, fifteen years, and and we build that that Mount Rushmore. We say, you know what? Retrospectively, that was a great presidency. We're gonna slap you on this big old rock, this big old mountain in the middle of uh, the Dakotas. And, and and that's where I came at from this. Um, guys that are still performing at a high level, but have performed at a high level right now. Um, I wanted to put Justin Jefferson on there. Maybe you did. I don't know. But I came at this from guys that have really been good for that last five years, give or take. You know, if it was four, it's fine. If it was more than that's fine too. But looking at the guys who've had like a consistent track record of just really being a solid dynasty outset. So without any further ado, I'm going to let you go first. Give me the first member of your modern day Mount Rushmore. Well, modern day. So when you uh, we sent the email out this this morning uh, about the, you know, the thumbnail and everything. Um, and if you know you're on YouTube, you can see that thumbnail. I could not believe Christian McCaffrey was not in that said thumbnail. Uh I just think it has to start with him. Uh, so for a running back standard, he's already been in here, what, one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, seven seasons actually, has been absolutely lights out. Um, actually, in my two home league dynasty leagues, I have Christian McCaffrey. I just thought, like, I just have such an advantage over my opponent, and if if he is healthy, which has been a, a, a thing over the past few years, but he's been pretty healthy, there's no better feeling than throwing Christian McCaffrey in your lineup. And I can't think of a worse feeling seeing like this guy has Christian McCaffrey in your lineup. And it's just a, such a good feeling to see him just plastered in your RB one. I mean, week in and week out to me, especially if you're in a PPR league. Um, and just, I guess just a side thing here. I think a lot of people are more down on Christian McCaffrey long, long term because of his age. I think going to San Francisco is incredible for him because I think Kyle Shanahan will be able to make him last a lot longer than most running back shelf lives. Uh, lives. Uh, so that's my first guy. I couldn't believe he wasn't on the thumbnail. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm actually going to go ahead and do my running back. Now, I didn't plan this to do a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, and a quarterback. It just happened that way. Sure. 
But my running back is, and, and there's some recency bias to this, but my guy came out in that same draft class as Christian McCaffrey. My running back's Alvin Kamara. And, and, and if you look at his track record as a rookie, RB3, averaging 19.6 points a game. In 18, 2018, he was the RB4, 23.6. In 2019, RB9. Yeah. 2020, the RB1 overall averaged 25.2 PPR points a game. 2018, he was the RB8. Last year was his down year. You know, that that year, that weird Taysom Hill. We didn't really have a quarterback. It was a bad transition without, you know, a, a stable quarterback. You know, Jameis, Taysom Hill, all those guys just weren't great. Still finished as RB16 and averaged 14 points a game. And then my man's back. He missed three games. He missed three games. He's had a bye, and yet here we are. He is the RB9 on the season in total points, averaging 20.5 PPR points a game. For me, it was the consistency. There, I, yeah. I, didn't let the, I didn't let the recency bias of 2022 because I think that's where a lot of people would, would argue for Christian McCaffrey because he had such a great 2022 and Kamara was down. But, you know, unlike Christian McCaffrey in the years of 21 and 20 where – CMC were, was hurt a large portion of those years. Kamara's never let you down. He's always been consistent, consistent, consistent. And much like and much like you said with Christian McCaffrey, these guys play a style that is going to lend them to play probably two, three more years. Right. Really, really good. Same draft class. I love both guys. For me, it was I, I chose between do I want the boom mega weeks? You know, Christian McCaffrey's 2019 was the gr second greatest running back PPR season of all time. Right. And I had to weigh that greatness versus the consistent greatness. Not as great, but more consistent. So for me, the consistency won my heart, and I went Alvin Kamara. Who, who is your other guy? Who's, who's, an, who's so, another guy? You have three to go. Yes, yes. So my next guy... Um, Stuck out to me for sure, and, and this is another guy that you just have been thrilled to have for nearly shoot uh, at least seven, eight years. Is, is Devonte Adams? Um, reading him off like touchdowns, so he has had double digits in uh, six of his last seven seasons. This current season has not been as so great, but he is the uh, wide receiver twelve as of this moment. Uh, we have twelve touchdowns, ten touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns, five touchdowns. 18, 11, and 14. Um, inside that one window, it was uh, he was three, one, two, and three of overall wide receiver. Just absolute dominance him and Aaron Rodgers had for that huge stretch. Um, I mean, it was absolutely lights out. I think a lot of people were worried when he went to Las Vegas, specifically last year. Continued his dominance, even with some bad quarter back play, even though it was his buddy Derek Carr. But uh, this year has not been... Super great, but I still think you're pretty happy to have him in your team. Uh, to me, having that much consistency, and, and similar to your Kamar argument, this is basically the same thing on my end. Just absolute consistency where, once again, it's more of a you know what you're getting, and you're getting high, high-end production. Uh, so the, between the two of the things, I think it's an incredible combo. Um, and, and, you know, we play for touchdowns. Whether you're, you know, back in the day, a lot of people were playing in standard leagues, which truthfully don't even exist anymore, but um, you play for touchdowns and Devonte Adams was a touchdown machine for that entire window. Um, I'm not sure how much he's looking up towards the future. It's kind of, it seems like it's coming to an end here. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the season pans out, but still, I mean, uh, I have him in one of my main teams and I'm, I'm very happy to start him in my, my wide receiver spot for sure. Every week. You know, I, I was so hyper-focused on the wide receiver that I chose that I didn't pick Devontae Adams, and now I kind of feel bad. Because <laughs> this here and listen to you, you know, you know, file through those stats and, and really share how dominant he's been. Yeah. Um, turns 31 next month. He's a Christmas Eve baby. I'm looking right at his player card, and he'll be 31. But I think he can get that age because, you know, by the time, you know, you get to December, the season's over. So this is his age 30 season. Such a pro, takes such good care of himself. And there was a report the Jets are going to go all in on trying to get Devontae Adams this offseason. You know, they, they got their first back. Yeah. So I have no idea what, what they could offer 
to try and get Devontae Adams and 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 who knows what kind of long-term cap purgatory they would put themselves in. But you talk about a true pro, yeah. the reuniting of him and Aaron Rodgers, very good. Uh, my guy lost his guy as well. He's been without his OG quarterback that really made him break out. And my guy's Tyreek Hill. And and, and he yeah. is currently the the wide receiver one. He's averaging 25.5 PPR points per game. But kind of what I did, the same kind of research I did with Alvin Kamara. As a rookie in 2017, as a rookie, you know, we know wide receivers don't always explode. He was the wide receiver nine overall as a rookie. In 2018, he jumped up to the wide receiver three. 2019, he dipped. He was the wide receiver 32 due to injury. He missed four games. But his points per game that year was still really good, 15.7. Then the last four years, two overall, six overall, two overall, one overall. He's done it with three quarterbacks. He's done it with Alex Smith. He's done it with Patrick Mahomes. He's doing it right now with Tyreek, excuse me, with um, Tua Tungavailoa. And he's got another good wide receiver opposite him, like he did in Kansas City with Travis Kelsey. He, he's quarterback proof. He's matchup proof. He's teammate proof. I, I, I do kind of feel bad um, that, that I, that I didn't, you know, think of Devonte Adams that same way. It's just that, you know, this is maybe where I fell sure. into that recency bias. I, I only see that he was the wide receiver two last year. I only see that he's a dominant wide receiver one, but you go back and look at his track record. I think it's pretty impressive in its own right. So I, I think, Neither one of these guys is the wrong answer. No, no, not at all. My thing on Tyreek is because he was definitely in consideration, and and I was we were talking before the show, and I was even kind of thinking like Tyreek has to be one of the most dangerous fantasy players of all time. He is probably one of the one of the true players that you, when you see against him, you're like, oh, there's a really good chance he could just go off, and I don't even have a chance this week. Probably the with the most with the highest fear factor, I guess. The thing with Tyreek that made me actually not put him on my list is that I think with his crazy games, it kind of skewed his ranking in the receiver category for a few years. Um, you know, when you're having 50-point games or whatever, but next week you might have had nine or you might have had six. I think for a lot of those Kansas City years, he wasn't necessarily the most consistent. Um, it was almost like insane boom or bust. You felt good, and you didn't really get – like you know really screwed but I think the there was a lot of variance there with Tyreek which kind of gave me some hesitancy on Tyreek but I mean seriously though with the highest upside maybe of all time yeah I don't want to be the old guy who waxes poetic about back in my day you know because because I did this research I was looking yeah you know I, I was looking at Terrell Owens I was looking at Randy Moss Calvin Johnson yeah. Larry Fitzgerald was it was in there but when you think about speed and acceleration and like fear, sure. Tyreek Hill has to be right up there. And and the fact that he's like 5'10, and I think I'm being generous saying yeah. that he's 5'10. Yeah. To think that he's 5'10 and strikes fear in defenses and defensive coordinators the way that the big guys, the Randy Mosses, again, the guys I just mentioned. Yeah. The way that he the way that he plays the game is fun. So I try not to lose on the fact that. He is a lot of fun. Now, I'm going to go ahead and do the tight end because I think the tight end's probably the same for both of us, and it's Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey. Didn't play much as a rookie, barely at all. Since then, tight end seven, tight end nine, tight end one, tight end one, tight end one, tight end one, tight end one. It's ridiculous. Tight end two, tight end one. Do you know... In 2021, who broke his streak of tight end of uh, what had been five straight tight end one overall finishes? Was it Mark Andrews? It was Mark Andrews. Yeah. That was the big huge year with uh, with Lamar. Yeah. So, um, but just just so dominant. And no again, words. dude, I, I was I was for sure. Now it's you know now last year's season was great, but it wasn't the greatest tight end PPR season of all time. Did you know that? I, I did actually know that. It was Rob Gronkowski's 2013. Like he was just snatching souls that year. Like a healthy Gronk. People forget Gronk and Kelsey are about the same age. But I found this out like a week ago. And I was like, because my buddies and I were talking about it. I'm like, 
how are they the same age? Because you just mentally like Gronk's retired and Kelsey's out here still being the tight end one. And Gronk kind of was a little better earlier, I guess. It it's crazy. Gronk, well, Gronk. I mean, you you can't really compare the quarterbacks. I mean, because Kelsey was doing good work with Alex Smith. Yep. You know, that's what you know. Andy Reid obviously gets some credit, and then you know, we we poured gasoline like on a points per game basis with Travis Kelsey once he got once he got going with Patrick Mahomes. Not only did he stay the tight end one, but he elevated his points per game. He became the cheat code. Yes. You know, he was the guy I, I invented the term Kelsey Buster, like in the Marvel Universe and the second Avengers movie. Tony Stark created a Hulk Buster suit. You yeah. have to, when you play in leagues, especially tight end premium leagues, you have to have hopefully a guy that could be a Kelsey Buster. And and, and he did that. And, and George Kittle was that for me last year, but consistently, no one beat Kelsey in that position. D- did you have a different tight end, or was it just pretty much like it was? unanimous oh no no oh yeah no there was a absolute no-brainer the thing is exactly what you just said like there's really like you can talk all you want about christian mccaffrey Devontae adams tyree kill etc when you see kelsey on the other team you are at a disadvantage it's just that simple which makes it so tough because unless you are the kelsey manager you're going to be down at that one position that's a guarantee and, and i mean this is we're talking for seven plus years now eight years um, you know, Mark Andrews did have that, so you can counter him and still feel pretty good. But like I said, there's really no more than nothing more than comfort having him in your lineup every single week. So yeah, he was an absolute no brainer for me. All right. Well, you got one more bust, one more head to carve into your Mount Rushmore. Who is your fourth guy? Who is the the fourth guy on your Mount Rushmore? So does does it have to be a quarterback? Does we go and no, no, it's it's it's, no? it's Mount Anybody? Rushmore. It's like you, you you know, it's like. When you do the presidents, it's not like, well, we got a guy from the '60s, and we got no. It's just it's your Mount Rushmore. Well, I did. I went and picked a quarterback anyway because I think I know who you're taking. Um, so I'm sticking with the Chiefs and and actually going with Patrick Mahomes. And mainly, a lot of this is because what he has already done and what he's going to continue to do. Um, I mean, basically the best quarterback for sure in football. Now I know who you're taking, so I, I'm going to save that. But essentially. You know what you're getting with Patrick Mahomes always. And and truthfully, I think the safety of it and the fact that he also can run and he also just, if you stacked him with Kelsey, just that absolute murder's row of a stack. Um, to me, it's it's just the safety of knowing who he is. Um, you know, and he just had some lights out seasons. You know, he's the quarterback one twice. Uh, he's been a QB one his entire career a high-end QB one, a, a pretty much top four season every single year except 2019. Um, this year hasn't been super great, but the thing is, I you know, he's going to be continuously like this for six more years, I'd say minimum. Um, and, you know, watching just Monday Night Football last week, the dude is so sneaky, can always run, can always get you that more points too. So he's going to do it even with bad weapons too, which makes it like he's, I guess, weapon-proof. Uh, so even though he doesn't have Tyreek and all that stuff, to me, just knowing you have Patrick Mahomes, like he is the reason why he's probably been the number one pick in Dynasty Leagues for years and years to come. It's safety. It's knowing that he's the guy. Now, I respect your answer. And I, and I think part of the thing that Patrick Mahomes gets is he gets the touchdown boost. Right. We we ignore the fact that, you know, he, he's not been consistently great. You know, like this year, he is currently the QB 10. He's had three games, three, right. where he scored more than 20, what I call ESPN basic bitch scoring games. <laughs> three, yes. three over 20. And, and, and he is, like I said, he, his name carries a lot of weight, and it should. He's very, very good. They clearly need to get him some help in the offseason, and, and I hope they do. Sure. But there's only one answer for if you're going quarterback. You didn't have to go quarterback. There's only one. It's Josh Allen. It's it's not even close. So as a rookie, he didn't play all the games, but as a rookie, he finished as the QB 21, but he averaged 17.3 points a game. So like once he got going, pretty good. Second year, QB 6, 18 points a game. Oh, then when the magic happens, 2020, QB 1. 2021, QB 1. 2022, QB 2. He finished second to Patrick Mahomes, except – he got 
the DeMar Hamlin game taken away from him. Yeah. Had he scored 15 PP or ESPN points in that game, he would have overtaken Patrick Mahomes to the QB1. Oh, and this season, he's the QB1. All this guy does is just kick ass. It's like I, I can never figure out in Dynasty like why when we do it. And he's 27, by the way. He's about one calendar year older than Joe Burrow. And I think people see the interceptions, and but does it matter? He's the running quarterback that doesn't. No, I'll, I'll jinx him. He'll get hurt this weekend. He's the guy who doesn't get hurt. Terry UCL will play through it. Hurdle linebackers and jump over people, rush. He just does it all. And I don't know what it is. I think there's this, and and I think there's this bias that so many content creators missed on him mm-hmm. in that rookie year and in that second year. Sure. That, that that I always think that there's this this stigma he's never going to get the credit for. He's always going to be behind Mahomes. I have no idea why he's behind Jalen Hurts. You're, we have a guy who's done you know top six five years in a row, half a decade of dominance. But we would rather have the guy who could maybe do that. Hurts hasn't been really that great this year. So, so, so let me get this straight: you can have the guy who could do it, or you can have the guy that all he does is do it. Now, I, I, I will be fair. Um, I don't have a Ric Flair drop that says, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and right now I'm the man. Right. That's Josh Allen. To be the man, to be the QB1, you got to take it from Josh Allen, and currently no one's doing that. But I do have a Ric Flair drop. I do have this one. I'm a killer. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. I know one thing, win at all costs. That's kind of apropos. Yeah, I like Josh is a killer. Josh Allen is a killer. So, hey, real quick, we're going to recap this and then we're going to get into some historic all time. You know, Thanksgiving's about, you know, CBS does a great job and Fox does, too, with, you know, remembering the Madden and and Pat Summerall. And and they share that history. So we're going to go through and we're going to give you our all time fantasy and dynasty Mount Rushmore. Uh, But real quick before we do that, won't you recap your four? So I went with um, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you just want do you want me to talk about them? Or you want to say who I have? Just just recap for maybe maybe those that are just like jumping in, you know, live stream. Give us your Mount Rushmore. They can go back and listen to the reasons. <laughs> so we have Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. That's my lovely face of Mount Rushmore. Um, my coworker just went to Mount Rushmore. Shout out to John. He did not see these faces, uh, which. Might have been actually kind of cool if you show up and see like their faces, like Christian McCaffrey and stuff. But anyway, you. Uh, first of all, if you've never been to Mount Rushmore, I have. I have, I have not. It's cool, but then you feel so disappointed because you he, go. That's what he just told me. You, My coworker you, you, just told me that. Yeah, exactly. You go. You take like a really cool hour tour. You get to read some of the history of like how they built it and like you know what they do to upkeep it, and then you're great. It's not like it's Vegas where like, you know, they have a ton or Disney World or Orlando where you fly in, ton of flights, easy to get. You ain't got any of that. So you got to drive to BFE, was that South Dakota, North Dakota, whatever. It's brutal, brutal. But you know what? If you're in the area, it's a nice detour on the way to like, if you're like RVing to, to Yellowstone, my Mount Rushmore, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara. Fair? Yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those, in my opinion. All right, so what we're going to do is normally our boy Dallas stops by. Now, maybe this guy in like 20 years could be on the Mount Rushmore of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I don't know. This is a great – going to do a callback to the, the little call out on Mojo – Maybe you add this person to your Mojo account. Welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own prospect premonition. And as always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on all the socials at Salad Galore. Dallas spelled backwards with double L Galore. Great to be here, guys. And we're just going to dive right in. For those of you not privy to what the prospect premonition is, you haven't been listening, make sure to go back and listen to the last couple episodes. But each week, I take a under-the-radar 
or in this week's case, kind of a unknown wide receiver, unknown player prior to the 2023 NCAA college football season that I have looked inside of my crystal ball and I've seen success for your dynasty teams um, looking like a pretty successful year on most of the picks thus far. But this is a guy that has been a just a rocket in evaluation and value for dynasty and Devi alike over the course of the last three months. And that is none other than Mr. Malik Washington university of Virginia Cavaliers. And he's a wide receiver that, you know, a lot of question marks ultimately going around right now. A lot of uh, very interesting things happening with this offense. There's not a lot of production outside of him and, in an ACC conference, there are always going to be question marks about your success at the wide receiver position. But when it comes to Malik Washington and what I see with the University of Virginia and that offense, there's only one thing of note on the offense in general at all, and it is Malik Washington. And teams still cannot stop him. Um, he's got one of the most unique builds out of any prospect that's going to come out this year or really has come out in the last couple of years. He's sitting at like 5'8". I think that's legitimately about how tall he is. He maybe even dips into that 5'7 Rondell Moore size. But the main difference between Rondell Moore and Malik Washington is Malik Washington's right around 200 pounds at that height. And he's a wide receiver. And like I said, he his build's extremely unique. He reminds me more of a running back playing wide receiver. And the first thing I see when I watch his tape and I see him on the field. The guy he reminds me the most of coming out of college is Curtis Samuel. Um, coming out of Ohio State, kind of that tweener, that running back, that wide receiver mold. But looking at the 2023 regular NCAA season, he already, over the course of 10 games, has 1,300 receiving yards, 96 receptions, and nine touchdowns. If it weren't for one game against Boston College where he snuck in at 97 yards as opposed to 100 yards, he would have gone nine straight games with over 100 yards receiving already on the season. Um, it's been the same story against top 10 offenses, top 10 defenses, top 10 teams. He's played Tennessee, UNC, and Louisville, all ranked inside of the top 12 at the time of playing. They lost all of those games, and still he put up over 100 yards against all of them except for Tennessee. Tennessee was the opener, and that was probably the most embarrassing loss that Virginia had the entire time. When I watch Malik Washington, there's not a lot on his tape really when it comes to speed or athleticism that pops out, but what does pop out is his ability to be extremely shifty with the ball in his hands. Breaking tackles, breaking angles, that type of thing is where he lives, and that's why he reminds me more of a running back while I'm watching him. It's, he's a very unique build, and I don't think he's going to be a true wide receiver that comes into the NFL, even though he has proven since his time transferring from Northwestern this year at the University of Virginia that he's very capable with his hands. He's very sure-handed. He's very, very capable in route running. But the thing is, he doesn't get a ton of separation before the ball, which is kind of funny considering how shifty he is after the ball is in his hands. He's one of the best open field movers in this year's class, and it was very surprising. He's a guy I didn't have anywhere on my list and a guy that a lot of people didn't have on their list. But he's going to be a very unique prospect, and I do want to caution extreme, extreme reaches for him. But there's no reason that he can't be more successful than some of the other kind of hybrid players that we've seen of recent note. Um, for me, it's not the same type of athletic separation as this guy, but he does remind me a little bit of Kadarius Tony, um, a little bit of that rawness, that movement ability with the ball in his hands, the ability to slip out. The thing is he's a much better receiver overall and a much better route runner than what Mr. Kadarius Tony has been and was in college. So if you want two guys that you can look at when you look at Malik Washington and when you're watching the tape and kind of get a feel for what they might be in the NFL, think of the two gadgety players. That's most likely what you're going to get, or maybe even a transition to running back. I don't know. We'll see what the draft scouts think, but Curtis Samuel and Kadarius Tony are the two guys that this guy reminds me of the most. Athletic testing is the biggest question mark that I have for him, as well as his ability to separate early in routes 
a little bit concerning if you're not super fast to be able to do that separation early. So a good combine could really skyrocket his overall draft value going forward. Um, he is a true senior. We should see him in all of the primetime draft-related bowls. So make sure to keep your eyes out from Malik Washington. He's a name you are definitely going to be hearing a lot about over the next couple of weeks and next couple of months as the draft season kicks up. And he's a guy that, as I said, is destined for success in 2024 when he inevitably gets drafted and pops up in some kind of surprising value. Until next week, this has been the Prospect Premonition, and get ready for another big boy tight end on next week's episode. There you go. Our buddy Dallas at Salad Galore uh, does a ton of rookie content for us at the Dynasty Warzone. This is why you subscribe to the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel and podcast channel. Because you you get a lot of extra shows, not just me and Jerry or the simulcast of the Player Profiler show, but additional shows. Uh, we're going to try to get Kevin to do a show in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what comes of that. But uh, let's quickly go through our, uh, our all-time Mount Rushmore. You've been playing for 20 years. I've been playing for a little bit longer than that. Who is on your all-time Mount Rushmore? And just give me a little reason why. So starting off on my list, uh, in my opinion, I mentioned this pre-show, the greatest fantasy football player of all time, and then everybody knows who I'm talking about, is LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, I was happy to be a LaDainian Tomlinson owner. His magnificent most points of a all-time season, 481 PPR points, which he had 1,800 rushing yards, 28 rushing touchdowns, 508 uh, reception yards, along with three more touchdowns. So he had 31 total touchdowns. Is that good, Memphis? Ladanian Tomlinson was on my list. He is. Ladanian Tomlinson is so good that we had guys that if they didn't get the 101 in drafts, they would just quit. Yes, 100%. like we 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 we, we, we yeah. you you it was like. Like I remember when Michael Vick first popped on the scene and Randy Moss and Madden. Like we had a no Moss, no Vick rule. And and that's really yes. how it felt like with like my league mates in my oldest league. It's 21 years old. And and I remember just people like the first couple of years, they just quit. You didn't get LT. I mean, you and I did the did the research. He had six straight years with 300 or more PPR points including that big year. And then he had eight straight years where he had 273 or more. That's so, you know, you try wild. to, you know, you try to have eight straight years. So imagine Christian McCaffrey, but for eight straight years, no injuries, just consistently year in, year out, weekend, just smashing people. And this is important because I, I didn't save the tweet because it was probably six months to a year ago. I was interacting with a young fella. Uh, as you young sparkies can get out there on, you know, X. And it was, you know, he was trying to tell me that Christian McCaffrey was the greatest fantasy asset of all time. I said, how dare you? That's how no. dare you? I think this young man was maybe all of 20 had I'll never really given thought to, no. to Ladanian Tomlinson. It's, sh it's shameful, but that's the cool thing. If you're one of our younger listeners, this is great. Maybe you're stuck in the car on the way to grandma's house or your significant others driving to your, your mother-in-law's, whatever it is. Take your phone, pause this podcast, and go watch LaDainian Tomlinson highlights. You know, there are guys that still do his celebration. You know, they, they, they do the football flick. It's like, you know, defensive backs when Deion Sanders. There are guys who still do Deion's high step as they return a pick six. Yeah. This dude was a legend. Um, I, I love the LT call. Did you he, have anything else on him? Yeah, so in his tenure with the San Diego San Diego Chargers, yes, that is correct, the San Diego Chargers for you youngins, um, in his career with the Chargers, so which was, uh, I believe, 10 seasons, he missed a total of three games. Uh, let me check that right one. Yeah, 11 season, missed three games. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, to me and then he he kind of went with the Jets which was kind of like a you know off in the sunset which all running backs historically have done uh, but seriously the best way to put it is exactly what you said people would quit when they found out they did not get the number one pick and they would literally hand a trophy to that person it was just that much of an advantage because 
I mean, back then, points, I think, were scored a lot less than they were now. So ba- imagine having Christian McCaffrey back then when everybody else was having, like, current RB2s. I mean, it just was not fair. And, and just it was just like, you would just laugh. You're like, I got LT, I'm good. It was just that, that simple. Simpler times back then, man. It sure was. Now, obviously, LT was on my list as well. There is no fantasy football dynasty. Fan- there's, there's no single. There's, there's no Mount Rushmore that does not include LT. Um, I'll be honest. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring him up as like an honorable mention. So LT, that's on both of ours, right? Yeah. As an honorable mention, because Tony, because uh, Travis Kelsey belongs on this as well. The all time. But we already talked about you know, Travis Kelsey. So I'm going to call this guy an honorable mention. And for me, it was Tony Gonzalez Mm -hmm. because Tony Gonzalez for so long was just so good at giving fantasy points. Now his best seasons do not, you know, compare to the best seasons of Gronk or Travis Kelsey's best seasons. But for a real long time, he was the tight end one or two for about a decade. Incredible. You know, the, the, there was the intermingling of Antonio Gates, and, you know, there'd be a guy here or there, but, like, every year, tight end one, tight end two, tight end one, tight end two. But the reason why I took him from on my Mount Rushmore of all time down to historical is is simply because he did not hit the point totals that that he did. And, 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 and to his credit, he played well into his 30s, just like Kelsey has. I just wanted to bring him up because I did the research and might as well bring it up on the show. But that's my honorable mention because I can't not say Kelsey's on the all-time tight end Mount Rushmore. To me, yeah, Kelsey should be on this list. I bypassed him because we also did just talk about him as well. I did have Tony Gonzalez on my list, though. So I'll just kind of you know, go off of what you said. Tony Gonzalez was incredible and and to not repeat what we said about Kelsey, but it was the same thing. When you had Tony Gonzalez, you knew what you were getting, and that was guaranteed. Like, that was absolutely guaranteed. Another guy who over his, I don't even know, he played from 1997, um, let me make sure that's right, yeah, to 2013. He missed, count them, one, two, two games? Two games ever, two, two games. That That's incredible. You weren't getting any injuries. Um a tight end, even nowadays, even, you know, Kelsey kind of changed the standard on this, but he had one, two, three, four seasons over 1,000 yards, and two of them were over 1,200 yards. Um, you know, he had multiple seasons with double-digit touchdowns. I think he finished as a tight end one four times. Uh, once again, it's just that, that you know, once points were a lot different back then, and, and tight ends weren't scoring like that, and they were not getting – you know, a, a good tight end for your team might get like 400 receiving yards back in the early 2000s. So when your tight end is throwing out there and he's getting receiver numbers, I mean, the pace of play and everything has changed so much in the future and not to sound like an old dude, but like, I mean, it really was a different game. You know, they're not going for it on fourth down then. Fourth and one, they're punting. Fourth and inches, they're still probably punting. So many different changes in the game now. Um, which we're spoiled and it's changed for the absolute better. Uh, but I think it's a, a definitely a point that needs to be brought up that like we look at these historical numbers and like actually, you know, I looked up the all-time quarterback seasons. Every single quarterback is a recent quarterback. It's not even close. Um, I mean, the only one that even comes up is Tom Brady's 07 season. Uh, I mean, it's everybody recently and Peyton Manning's 2013 season, which I'd argue are the two best seasons of all time comparatively to the other standings. Um, but that's my main takeaway, though, for when I pick these guys. I think it's such a big thing when there's that competitive advantage in the same position, you know, when you're that much better than the next guy. Because, you know, okay, there's this many amount of points or whatever for the quarterback, but when, you know, Tony Gonzalez is averaging this many points, say 15, 16 points a game, and the next guy's averaging like eight, like that's crazy. So that's my main takeaway with that and in general. I don't hate it. It, 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 it. It's it's time for me to be a homer, but you made a very good point there. And you know what? What, what I'm going to do is I'm going to collect myself. I want to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm going to sneak in one more commercial because it's you know Black Friday, and you want to go to Player Profiler. Um, there's going to be the biggest Black Friday sale ever. 
Um, you'll have to go to the website, check it out on Friday. But since it's Thursday, we might as well tell you about one of the Dynasty products available over at Player Profiler. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. There you go. I, I can't promise you that the, the Dynasty Dominator package is going to be on sale. But I did hear Theo and Billy. Again, I was on First Class Fantasy with them on Monday. Podcast came out today that there's going to be a Black Friday sale. So go to playerprofiler.com, check it out. Uh, I'm a shameless shill. 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 Um, but anyway, I, I'll tell you who else I'm shameless about. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the Colts hat. For me, the quarterback that, that I remember being dominant is Peyton Manning. And, and I look at his points per game, and I looked at Tom Brady as well. I mean, these are guys that averaged, you know, averaged around 18 ESPN points per game. And you start thinking about how the rules have changed. Like we live in the golden age of, of quarterback play. There are currently, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, there are currently more than 10 guys averaging more points per game this year than Peyton Manning did throughout his career. Now he had the amazing five, I think it's 55, 5,200 yards passing and then 55 passing touchdowns that magical year. I think it was 2013. Yes. That might be the greatest quarterback season that I remember. Mm -hmm. But to put it in context, I don't want to take away what he and the Colts did during that time. And I don't want to try to make it sound like it was better because the rules are different. Just at that time, if you had Peyton Manning, you had such a cheat code everybody over everybody else because outside of the one season with his neck that he missed in Indy, caused Andrew Luck to show up, and then went to Denver, he was top three quarterback every year. He was that good, man. I mean, he, he he's the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. And then obviously when it comes to Super Bowls and whatever, mm -hmm. Tom Brady's the GOAT. But I put Peyton Manning on mine. I could not agree more. Um, I, I didn't put him, but I, I really wanted to. Mostly I, I, I let you take your, your Colts. No, I let you take your Colts. That 2013 season uh, was kind of when I was getting into my peak of fantasy. And that uh, – <laughs> That Denver team was incredible and, and, and just kind of to vibe off some old times. Julius Thomas, I picked him up, I want to say, the day before the season started and, and might have been my best move ever. I picked him up in all my legs. I was probably in five legs at that time. I, or four, I was in four legs at that time. I won all four legs, mostly because I think I had Peyton Manning in almost most of them. I, had, I stacked him with Julius Thomas. It was crazy. Um and one thing I want to bring up, and, and for people that have only played fantasy in recent years, quarterbacks used to go round one in almost like every draft. A lot of home leagues, you know, you're in smaller leagues. But like these Peyton, people, I would like to say Peyton Manning put the fear of God into these people because they were tired of getting beat by Peyton Manning. And back when, you know, six point per touchdown was the normal, you just couldn't compete with it. When he was throwing four or five touchdowns per game, it was just incredible. You would just get blasted. And I remember uh, my one league, I had a one-keeper league, and my cousin had Peyton Manning, and it was just unbelievable. And he just rolled that league, and it was a, it was a dynasty, honestly. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, so do you have one more, or do you have two more? I have two more, but uh, we can do one more. It's up to you. No, 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 no. It's not Mount Rushmore without four. <laughs> of course. So uh, I just feel like this needs to be brought up. Um, and 
I don't love this pick because of the mainly my my I've been going for consistency, but uh, mine is Antonio Brown. To me, he had and and we're not going off of of craziness or any current recent things, but um, his tenure in Pittsburgh was just absolutely incredible. Uh, he was elite, elite, elite for a good six to seven seasons. Now, um, he also has number three and number four best season of all time, which uh, none of the other greats can say uh, that they're even twice in the top 10 uh, besides Randy Moss. Uh, So to me, I think he gets kind of thrown away because he's not probably one of the greatest receivers of all time. But from a fancy perspective, he was absolutely unreal. Um, and he was electric for his few seasons that he was there. I mean, truthfully, in Dynasty, if you can get six to seven top, top-tier seasons, to me, you're good. You're, you're gold. I mean, that, there, you cannot ask for more. So I don't think it's realistic to th- kind of picture someone being top-tier, top-tier for 10 years anymore, especially nowadays. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up Antonio Brown and, and stuff, but I'll let you go off of that. I've got one more guy, so I'm going to go last because mine's going to be controversial. So I'm going to let you go with your final guy. Uh, My final guy, and I kind of came into this, his career towards the end, uh, but mine's Marshall Falk, mostly because of the greatest show on turf. But he was incredible for his entire career. I mean, we have 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 seasons he played. He played from 1994 to 2005 and was uh, was unbelievable for the entire thing um i don't need to say a ton here you know we're getting close to our hour mark but he does have the third best season of all time which was 2000 greatest show of turf um you know 18 touchdowns 1400 yards eight more uh, receiving touchdowns uh 2600 total yards he was incredible uh that team was amazing they were so much fun to watch when i was truly getting into football uh you know he was a mainstay of that so i, I just want to give a shout out to marshall falk you know he's not on my list but the guy who he replaced who replaced him rather in indianapolis edron james yeah, yeah you know a lot of a lot of people would say oh well they really screwed up you got rid of marshall falk i'm like i i don't know edron james is a hall of famer he is, yeah, back to back, absolutely. Yeah, so the, the the Colts, you know, people can say what they want about Bill Poley, and you know, people, you know, everybody loses that zip on their fastball eventually. But there for a while, man, Bill Polian was was just murdering the draft. Yeah, I mean, 100%. so many good guys, and because they were paying guys like Peyton Manning so much money, he was always finding those gems. And then the guy who replaced Edger and James, Joseph Adai, not a Hall of Famer, yeah. had a pretty good career. So anyway, my guy, again, shameless. It's going to be controversial. But remember, remember, I like consistency. And when the time when I was really getting into fantasy football, no one, he was basically, to use some of the stats that you used in Antonio Brown, he's Antonio Brown, pre-Antonio Brown, and minus the CTE (laughs) and, 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 and shenanigans, it's Marvin Harrison. Dude, Marvin Harrison was just absolutely crushing people. His 2002, he had 384 points, PPR points. Put that in perspective, that's better than Justin Jefferson's last year. And it wasn't quite as good as Cooper Cup's 2021. Now, imagine a guy who gave you 300 points or more for eight straight years. All he did was give you 1,000-plus. Now, I say 1,000, that makes it sound like he was around 1,000. This guy had 15, 16, 1,700-yard seasons, and then eight straight seasons of double-digit touchdowns. He was boring. He was quiet. Allegedly shot and killed a guy at a Philadelphia car wash. You know, again, you know yeah. more about that being from that from that area of, of the country. Yeah. But Marvin Harrison was and, – and also to put this in perspective, this is also at the same time when Peyton Manning was not only feeding Marvin Harrison – he was feeding Reggie Wayne, who's a borderline Hall of Famer. Dallas Clark had a great run during that time. You know, you had Brandon Stokely, and you had all these ancillary third wide receivers. But they had they had three receivers one year have 10 touchdowns. As crazy as that is to say, and Marvin Harrison never dipped in production. Um, other guys that, that, that I really enjoyed, you know, looking at their numbers and, and, and having that look at the past, Terrell Owens. 
but again, not, not as consistent. You know, he you know he played a more physical game and fought some injuries. Really good though, averaged like eighteen PPR points for his career, and that was a hell of a career. Randy Moss had the magical 20, 2017 or two sorry two thousand seven. Uh, yes, that was that was a crazy season. Um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald had a very consistent you know run, but just. Year in, year out, we're talking dynasty what we do. Because this is what we're looking for. for we're sure. looking to find the next, you know, Marvin Harrison or the I mean, because it's consistent dominance. So that was my final guy. I know I'm a homer. I know I'm biased, but I I, I wasn't not bringing up Marvin Harrison. And you know what? Now 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 maybe his son comes in here. Right. And and dominates for Imagine you know, 12 if he's years. even cl- close to his dad. I mean, we're well, he, talking he, about an absolutely insane ath- uh, uh, asset there. If he plays like his dad, except he's way bigger than his dad. Right. If, if you go back and watch yeah. Marvin Harrison Sr., he's a very slight gentleman. He, he is not – he's about Tariq Hill height, yeah, but like yes. super thin build. Yes. And like he was a catch-and-fall-down guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and so much fun. But, you know, speaking of fun, we got to get this thing – you know, you got to do your audio. I'm sorry. I'm doing the audio. You're doing the video. We both got to do some production to make sure that, you know, this is ready for social media. But we just wanted to take a minute, do an interesting topic, give the the stock report a break for a week. Got producer Kevin on. Uh, what are you and the family doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, tomorrow I am hosting my wife's entire side of the family. She's one of five, the youngest of five. Uh, so there will be uh, everybody has multiple kids besides ourselves uh, so there's going to be like 23 of us, just immediate family. Plus my parents are included in that. I'm an only child. Uh, it's doing that. And then, uh, Sunday with my family, extended family, uh, at my cousin's house. And we're doing that. What about yourself? So I worked in retail. Uh, I ran Dick sporting goods stores for a lot of years. And my mom has gotten the habit of doing Thanksgiving with our family on Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, because I could never be there on Thursday and I never really wanted to, to be honest. I just wanted to like do as little as possible until I had to, you know, make sure work got taken care of. But then, you know, five years ago, um, switch careers and, you know, um, I'm actually off on Thanksgiving, but my wife hit me up with the, Hey, do you want to drive up to my parents' house? Sure. Love to love to go to go. So I've decided we're going to our in-laws. Nice. Um, yeah, we'll drive up before the, the Lions game starts and we'll leave halftime of the Cowboys game. Okay. As long as I can get home and like really sit down and enjoy the, 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 the late game. And then we got Black Friday football this year. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. going to be a this is really shaping up with the NFL adding the Friday night game. This is and all the rivalries in college football. You know, you got Bama, Auburn, obviously the big ones, Michigan and Ohio State. Sure. Just a tremendous weekend of football. Thursday, three good – and the games are pretty good, to be to be honest. Um, Friday, you know, it was supposed to have been better. You know, it was supposed to be Tua versus, you know, Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers didn't do his part. That would have great, been incredible. Great slate of games. We got Philadelphia and Buffalo this weekend. We've got some really good games, so a lot to be thankful for on the football front and a lot to be thankful for just in life in general. So um, on behalf of the Dynasty Warzone, I want to thank you guys for listening, supporting us on Player Profiler. Kev, I want to thank you. You've been a tremendous producer for the show since you've been with us while we've been here at Player Profiler, and you've done a great job on this side of the microphone, and I appreciate you hopping on. So I didn't have to do this alone and so that Jerry can go visit his family in the murder mitten. Absolutely. I want to give one more shout out to Uncle sure. Ted in the shout in the comments. Uh, Antonio Gates has to be on the Mount Rushmore. That is a great one. And he was absolutely unbelievable for years and years. Probably truthfully now to say that one of my favorite, favorite, favorite go to guys for years. Did you know who played uh, basketball? he was a cheat? You know- he was a cheat code. Yeah, I, I, we, 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 a hundred percent of cheat code. By the way, while we're giving shout outs and, and shame on me for not doing it until the end, I should have done it sooner. Um, Neil Gray. Oh my and, gosh, and, yes. And, and yes. Neil, Neil, his Twitter handle is NRG and a bunch of numbers. Um, I follow him. I, I just retweeted it the other day. So go to at DWZ Memphis. Scott Fish was tweeting him. Neil finished in the Scott Fish Bowl fourth overall. 
undefeated season. Now, mind you, this is the largest tournament in fantasy sports. He has, you know, a perfect record. A, per- a perfect record and like fourth and overall and in- total points scored. And this is two years in a row, mind you. L- last year, he was top 10 as well. And uh, another little tip of the cap to Tyler Orjinski, who works with the uh, JWB Fantasy Network. He used to do uh, DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, for us last year. Uh, his his former co-host is you know went a different direction, so those guys didn't do a show for the Dynasty Warzone this year. But we want to shout out Neil. Neil is our admin. If you join up over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, he's the one who helps get you squared away. Um, I, I give you the link, I get you in the group chats, and then when we start doing orphans and all of that stuff, and you know, Neil's great, he's like the sweetest guy in the whole world, but he's like that one that'll come knocking on your door to pay your patron dues for the patron leagues. It's great. Yes. Um, but but yeah, just a, a shout out to Neil and a shout out to Tyler. Those guys Tyler finished like 48. That's so and you bad. might say, Well, how many people were in there? Like 3,600? Yeah. And to finish that high is a, is, is a pretty pretty amazing feat but uh guys we're gonna get out of here we're gonna go wrap this thing up so we can go hang out with our family the rest of the weekend but thank you for being part of our dynasty family so kevin thank you safe travels on sunday to the family and uh on behalf of kev my name is memphis and remember here at the dynasty war zone we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football jerry will be back next week and so will the stock report thanks guys happy thanksgiving when we add up all those inches That's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.